Howdy! This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Thursday, November 2nd, 2023, I wish you a happy, happy, happy Look for Circles Day. Today's show, as always, is presented by Big Banter Sports. Big Banter Sports is the best place and probably only place where you can go to get excellent coverage on Big Ten football and Big Ten basketball. We know, of course, the football season is in full swing. The college football playoff released its first edition of this season's rankings just two nights ago. Of course, basketball is right around the corner. Next week, we'll be talking about college basketball being played. Not what we think will happen, but what has happened. So make sure you find Big Banter Sports for the best coverage on Big Ten Sports. You can find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever you are getting your content. Big Banter Sports is there, so give them a follow. Today, we are jubilant. We are joyful for a couple of reasons. Number one, this is the last show that isn't the last show before Ohio State basketball begins. So I'll let you wrap your mind around that, ponder it for a couple of seconds, and then stop pondering it, and also realize that this is a joyful and jubilant show because we have Connor Lamonds on today. Connor is a fantastic follow when it comes to Ohio State basketball coverage. He's one of the best, if not the best, covering Ohio State basketball. So make sure you're following him on Twitter. Go ahead and subscribe to his podcast as well because the more the merrier when it comes to supporting Ohio State basketball and those covering the team. Of course, make sure you listen to the views from the shot as well. But we're going to have a great conversation here today with Connor talking about a mailbag episode. You have submitted your questions and we are here to answer them. So hopefully you're lucky enough to get your questions answered. We weren't able to cover all of them, but we were able to cover a fair amount. So excited to talk with Connor today. Again, great follow on Twitter. He is a sad St. Louis Cardinals fan at this time, but it's hard to have pity on him when his franchise has had so much so much success over the past couple decades. Not relevant to Ohio State basketball, but needs to be said regardless. So make sure you're following Connor. This is going to be a really insightful, thoughtful show. At the end of the show, you will get his thoughts on where Ohio State will finish in the Big Ten this season, along with many other good nuggets. Before we get into this conversation with Connor, please make sure that you are following the views from the shot wherever you get your podcast. You don't want to miss out on any episodes. We have flown through the season preview series, which took several weeks at this point. We put a lot of work into it. So if you're new here, make sure you follow or subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts and go through the feed. Take a look at a couple episodes. I won't force you to listen to every one. We've got several hours of content covering Ohio State basketball this preseason, but we're almost here. We're almost to the season. So if you're new, if you're just joining us, welcome. First of all, second of all, give the show, give a couple episodes a listen as you head into the weekend and as we look forward to Ohio State beginning the season here in just a couple of days. So Connor is going to join the show now. We are going to talk Buckeye Hoops 
Thanks so much for listening today. Go Bucks. Connor Lamonts is back just in time for the regular season to begin. Connor can be found on Twitter at Lamonts underscore Connor. He's a contributing writer for Land Grant and, of course, a host of the Bucketheads podcast. Connor, thanks for being here as always. I got a couple of rapid fire questions that I want to begin with. Obviously, we just got done with Halloween. So to start, sure. are we pro or are we anti candy corn at the at this stage in your life? We are extremely pro candy corn at this stage of my life. That's probably a top five Halloween candy for me, honestly. Really? Where's where's the passion come from? Because most people hate it. Dude, I don't know. I don't I don't get the hate. I just think it tastes like sugar, honestly. But um no, I'm I'm we're we're pro we're pro candy corn in this household for sure. Okay, awesome. Well we'll remember that. If anyone sees Connor in person, make sure you, you slide him the, the candy cord you did not want during Halloween, and I'm sure he'll be happy to gobble that up. Second question for you. Look, TV is great right now, of course. Couple <laughs> couple shows here. Tell me which one is, is your least favorite, and you're shocked that it's still on the air. We've got Young Sheldon, we've got Ghosts, and we've got The Masked Singer. Of those three, which is the worst in your eyes? Well, I've never heard of Ghosts. Okay. So I would, I would probably say that because I'm not familiar with that. It looks bad. I I've never seen a mm-hmm. second of of any of these three shows other than mm-hmm. the previews when I'm watching, you know, football or or whatever Survivor. Uh, but they look horrible. Uh, if you're familiar with, if you've seen the commercials for Young Sheldon or or Mass Singer, hopefully you see how bad those look too. I don't understand how they're still on TV, but. Um, I, I'm not a, an, an executive in television these days. I, I'm actually not as much anymore, but there was a point like a year and a half ago where I was a huge Masked Singer fan. Like, Really? What drew you in? Like, Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, what drew me in was uh, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine that I, I lived with in college showed me a video of, you know, this this guy singing on The Masked Singer. And he was like, I, w- I just want you to guess who this is. And he had a real, like, deep kind of, like, gospel tone. I was like, ah, I don't know, I'm guessing. He's like, yeah, that's Victor Oladipo. And he takes the mask off, and it was like, Victor Oladipo, Indiana, you know, Indiana Hoosier, Indiana Pacers legend. I was like, are you kidding me? And he's like, yeah, man, this is literally like the show that have athletes on. They'll have some singers. And, like, that video of Victor Oladipo singing, I was like, that's kind of cool. So I I actually have watched every episode of the first like six seasons of The Mass Singer, and then the guests kind of started falling off, um, and I stopped watching it. But I have seen like every episode through the first probably six seasons. Um, that show started off hot. It it did. So if you're listening on on podcast, my my jaw was dropped for a solid fifteen seconds there as Connor went through that. So is that actually their real voice? Because I've seen Keenan Allen was on there. Like, is that bro? Bro's voice could make my knees buckle. Um, if I don't know, it's Keenan Allen. Like, is that legitimately their voices? Yeah, some of yeah, some of these people are like really good singers. Um, like Victor Oladipo. Like, their Victor Oladipo has stuff on like Spotify. Actually, you can listen to Victor Oladipo. Um, if you've never heard T-Pain sing without like auto-tune, T-Pain won, spoiler alert, um, T-Pain won the first singer of the first season of The Masked Singer. 
because he wanted to show people that like he could sing without auto tune. And it's like, um, it, it's crazy. So yeah, some of these people that you wouldn't expect can sing, can actually sing. And then of course, like some of them that you would expect to not sing are awful. Like I think Terry Bradshaw was on, he was horrendous, like enough to turn the TV off. You, you've at least at this point made me feel halfway bad for slandering the mass singer. I, I, I guess I was not familiar yeah. with the mass singers game. So apologies. You didn't there. expect that. Um, I, I'm still out on young Sheldon and ghost for what it's worth. Last question here. We're, we are recording this late Wednesday night. There's a lot of action going on right now. Personally, I'm missing out on, I think, Bowling Green and Ball State. I mean, just a barn burner of a matchup simply because I, I bet on that game. What game right now are, are you most concerned about missing as we record? Um, World Series Game 5 is on... I'm sitting in my kitchen. I have the World Series on in the living room, but I can't see the TV from here. So um, that is that is what I will be watching as soon as we end this call is the World Series. Okay. Well, then, in that case, we've got to get you back to the World Series as quickly as possible. So today, we're going to do a mailbag. we got a bunch of questions in. We're not going to be able to cover all of them, but hint, hint, wink, wink. If you do reply to the tweet when we send it out asking for mailbag questions, Rather than just sliding in the DMs, there's a higher chance that we will respond to those questions. So we've got several questions here today. Let's get right into it. The first question comes from at Brody Nose Ball on Twitter. He wants to know, as do many others as well, as this tweet got four likes, which was the most liked tweet or question that we had. Brody wants to know, Who's the most underrated player on the team this year on these Ohio State Buckeyes? Connor, I'll let you take that to start. Um, it's, it's Zed Key, right? Um, I think I think Zed Key, I think Zed Key gets probably the most slander from the Ohio State fan base of anybody in the program, other than like Chris Holtman. Um, and I think it's really just because Zed isn't. He he's not the prototypical Big Ten center. He does he's not quite as big as a lot of these elite centers in the Big Ten. And Ohio State fans like Felix Akpar because he is more of that prototypical center. But um, you get Zed Key the ball on the block um, and let him go to work two dribbles that little over the shoulder hook. I think last season before he hurt his shoulder against I want to say it was Iowa when he got hurt, he was basically shoot he was basically like at like sixty percent from the floor. So. He's undersized. Um, he's kind of goofy, but um, I do think that Zed Key is, when he's healthy, he's a really strong contributor to this team. He would be a strong contributor to to any team, honestly. Um, like I, I just think he's a solid college basketball player. He's not going to play in the league, but I think he gets a lot more hate and slander than is probably deserved. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, he was, I think, third team all Big Ten last season playing in half of the Big Ten games. He averaged, I think, like 13 or nine, 13 and nine, something like that. Shot really well from the the field and was a phenomenal offensive rebound, scored a bunch of second chance points. I mean, he just got dirty and mucked it up in the low post, even being somewhat undersized for a center. His size is definitely something that's going to come into play this year. Obviously, he's lost a lot of weight. I think a lot of Buckeye fans at first were like, okay, cool. He's going to be in better shape. My question is, do you think that him losing that weight is going to hurt his ability to bang down in the low post and rebound as well as he did last season and score on the block? 
Yeah, I think it, I honestly think it, it might. Um, I was at the Dayton exhibition um, and he got the pleasure of in his first live action getting to guard uh, Deron Holmes, who is preseason A-10 player of the year. Dudes, he's going to be in the NBA in a year or two. Um, and he was giving Zed the business. And I know he's an awesome player, but Zed is like, he's, he's slimmer, he's lighter. Um, so I wouldn't say it's for certain, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's a little... I would say it would probably impact him more on the defensive end. Like if he gets pushed around a little bit more just because he does, he's not throwing as much weight around. I think it's definitely a reasonable question to ask and something to pay attention to, especially when he's playing defense. Yeah. I I think that's a concern for his game. You hope that he can open up his range a little bit and play with more speed and be a little more springy, but losing that way is going to help. I just, I don't know if, if he's going to be the type of player to be able to kind of stretch it out on the floor and, and be able to, to create some more speed and, and more opportunities in that way for Ohio state. I will say my most underrated player this season, I think Zed key is definitely a, a fair choice, but the first player that comes to mind for me is Dale Bonner. I am in love with Dale Bonner at this point. If you look at his advanced stats last season at Baylor, his counting stats were, were nothing to write home about, but he was really efficient shooting the three. He stole. Um, he, he got in the passing lanes. He got a lot of steals. He used his fouls really well. He didn't foul a lot last season. And he was all around a, a pretty efficient player. He could distribute the ball well as well. So I think Ohio State fans, while they're really, really excited for Bruce Thornton, Dale Bonner is a player who I'm really excited about. And I think fans are starting to talk about him a little more. I've already begun the the campaign of get in losers. We're going bonnering. I haven't really even defined that yet, but it's going to be something that we're going to be doing this year. I mean, Dale Bonner is going to get out in passing lanes. He's going to distribute the ball. He can shoot as well. I think he's a player that especially Ohio state fans, like if this is the first time you're listening to any Ohio state basketball content since April or March, you're like, who the heck is Dale Bonner? A lot of people are going to find out about Dale Bonner. I think this year and, and be really impressed with what he can bring playing alongside Bruce Thornton. Yeah, he's a, he's a winning player. Um, he, he's from, he came from Baylor, a phenomenal program. He's, he's, I mean, he's just, he's a winner. Like that's all he knows from Baylor is winning. Cause that's all that they've done the last several years of Baylor is win. I'm interested to see, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm interested to see how much he plays because we were wondering if all, if he would start next to Roddy and Bruce I don't think that's going to happen. I think Dale's going to come off the bench. So it'll be interesting to see if he's a, is he a 15 minutes off the bench guy or is he a, is he like 25? I, I don't know, but he, he's a good player. He's, he's a winning player. Um, he do whatever it takes to win. So definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. And he's played college ball. He's played high level college ball for a couple of years now at Baylor. So excited to see him also, of course, very excited to see what Zed keys role looks like this year. Let's go to our second question. This one comes from at Chizzy Dub. That's Sean Chisholm for those who may be curious. So his biggest question is how deep do we think the rotation goes? And specifically, what do we think about the role for Evan Mahaffey? So let's start with how deep this rotation goes. How do you see that playing out, especially early on in the year for Ohio State? Um, unless I'm missing somebody, I'm guessing it'll probably go roughly nine guys deep and then Austin Parks is going to be kind of your 
your break glass in case of emergency center, if I had to guess. Um, Mahaffey's interesting because on on Bucketheads, which is the podcast Justin Golba and I record for Lane Grant, we both kind of agreed that like maybe starting Evan Mahaffey um, makes sense. But to us, it was just like the least fun option of like, you could start Devin Royal, Scotty Middleton, or Evan Mahaffey. I feel like Evan Mahaffey is the least fun option because he's probably going to play good defense, grab a bunch of rebounds, provide some size, but he's not going to do the flashy stuff that the two freshmen have the capability of doing. Um, so my guess is he'll probably start against Oakland on Monday night. But yeah, I think it goes, it goes nine deep probably with Austin Parks being like your break glass in case of emergency uh, third center. Yeah, I think I think specifically on Evan Mahaffey, like you said, I think he's starting for Ohio State until Chris Holtman is given a reason not to start him. I think the only other player that you'd think about is Scotty Middleton, and that's unless, of course, you've got Zed Key in there at the four, Akpar at the five, and you want to go Jamison Battle at the three. But I think it will be Mahaffey. He, I mean, he he really seems similar to what Ice likely brought to Ohio State last year, and that he'll be an, an intense defender. He's not going to have really any range, but he can score on the drive. He can distribute the ball a little bit and not a great free throw shooter. I mean, two very, very similar players. And I think that, you know, I've heard good things about how he's looked in practice at Ohio State so far. He started in the exhibition against Dayton for whatever that's worth. I mean, we saw Felix Akpara uh, started over Zed Key or Zed Key, whoever started in that exhibition, I don't remember who. Uh, the player who came off the bench actually got more minutes. So I'm not sure how much that really matters with it being an exhibition, but I think Mahaffey will start. And then when you're looking at how deep this roster is going to be, I think it's probably, like you said, it's going to be eight or nine deep, depending on how much Austin Parks can contribute. The thing I love about Austin Parks is he has the body. I mean, he comes in day one with big 10 center body. He's yeah, he's, he's a big boy. He's 250. He's gotten his teeth knocked out by Zed Key already. He's going to be ready to go play Big Ten basketball. And he could probably, hopefully, at least attempt to guard Zach Eady in a way that Owen Spencer attempted to last year, minus four right. fouls in six minutes or something like that. So yeah. we'll see what happens with Austin Parks. But even if Mahaffey is starting, you've got Scotty Middleton coming off the bench. You've got probably Dale Bonner coming off the bench. I'm really intrigued to see what happens with Devin Royal and, and Tayson Chapman. Obviously, Chapman is banged up, but with Devin Royal specifically, I don't know where he fits in to the rotation. I don't know if he's going to be ready to play Division One college basketball day one. I just haven't heard much about him, so that's one question mark that I've got, but we're going to see this very, very quickly. Typically, we see the rotation shrink kind of heading into January. Ohio State's got to play Texas A&M in nine days as of recording this, like they're going to have to be ready to go they're, They'll get a dress rehearsal against Oakland, like you said, and then they'll be, they'll, it'll be time to go. So I think it'll be eight or nine. What do you think about Devin Royal specifically in, in regards to the rotation? I think he'll, I, I think he will play somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes a game. Um, he's a guy that, um, you know, when he was recruited by Ohio state, you know, Jake Diebler said, you know, he's a guy that every time we go watch him, it doesn't matter what, who they're playing or what, if it's, if it's he, what he's from Pickerington, if it's like the local high school league, or if it was when he was playing all Ohio AAU, like 
Devin Royal always finds a way to get his, like it does not matter the level of competition he's playing. He always finds a way to contribute. I don't think that'll be any different at Ohio state. I think he's gonna have to work a lot harder for it at Ohio state. Um, there was a few shots he took in the, in the Dayton game that, you know, if he's playing AAU, those are dropping where he has the ball below the basket and he's just bigger and stronger than everybody else. And he's going to get the bucket and they weren't dropping it in the Dayton exhibition just because, uh, He's no longer the biggest, strongest dog on the floor. So he's going to contribute in a lot of different ways. I think he's a really smart player, a really tough player. I think he's going to probably, I don't know, if, if you told me that he averages this year, say, five and a half points, two and a half rebounds in, say, 16 minutes a game, I think that's a good base to build on for him. Yeah, I think you saw it both with Devin Royal and with Scotty Middleton in that exhibition with Dayton just getting adjusted to the speed and the windows closing a little quicker. I think Scotty had a couple of shots blocked or passes deflected where he just looked a little out of sorts. So you'll work that out. Obviously, against Oakland, you have the chance to work that out a little bit more, and then it'll be time to go against Texas A&M. Uh, on, the, on the topic of freshmen, we've got a question from at W Grabovac, Will Grabovac, asking – which freshman addresses the biggest need on this team? So the Buckeyes bringing in for this season, which freshman do you like the most here? Uh, it's it's Scotty Middleton. Um, I think that Ohio State as a program, their biggest weakness the last four years has just been collectively, they have been a putrid defensive team, um, like 80 or worse. I think like of the last four seasons, their best defensive rating in Ken Palm was like 82. Um, and all the statistics tell you that if you're a team that's going to make the sweet 16, like you cannot be that bad on defense. Like it just, it doesn't happen. So they bring in Scotty, um, a guy that, you know, I interviewed him last summer, a few weeks after he had committed to Ohio state. And like, that was one of the first things he said is like, um, I really pride myself on like my defensive chops. You know, I put me on the best guy. I want Adam. He was high school teammates with Grady Dick. And last summer we asked him like, Hey, like, you and Grady one-on-one who wins. He's like, Oh, that's me. And then this year at media day, I was like, okay, so Grady was a, what, like the 12th overall pick. He's with the Raptors now. I was like, so you still beating Grady Dick one-on-one. He's like, of course. So he's a, he's like a confident guy. He's really tall. Um, like taller than I thought he's probably six, seven and he can, he'll probably line up in like the two or the three, but he's a good versatile defender. Um, who's like hungry to be an even better defender. So, um, I think the more Scotty Middleton we see on the floor, the better this team will be personally. Yeah. I think Middleton will be fun to watch. My, my pick was going to be Taysen Chapman and I was banging the gong uh, at the end of the season saying Ohio state needed a solution at backup point guard to help out Bruce Thornton and Chris Holtman went out and got Dale Bonner. So I think that'll limit Taysen Chapman's minutes. He's obviously still not hundred percent healthy yet as well. So that will impact how much he can play. But I definitely agree. It's going to be Scotty Middleton this year. This has been, like you said, a bad defensive team under Chris Holtman. They've really struggled to put together strong defensive stretches. And even last season, when they did put together any kind of strong defensive stretch for a few minutes, the offense just simply didn't follow. A lot of times the rotation they had out there, strong defensively, but not strong offensively. So if Scotty Middleton can bring that, the ability to shoot and score, he's so long. Like you said, I think he is listed at 6'7 on Ohio State's website on the roster. So having him, I think, will be huge. 
I also, I'm excited about Austin Parks. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get. It's a really, really crowded front court. But again, his body, his ability to play in the Big Ten, the Big Ten is just, it's gross basketball. You can get away with stuff in the Big Ten that you can't get away with in other conferences for whatever reason. And if Austin Parks can step in and defend, there are some really good centers. I think most of college basketball, it's actually heavier in the front court, whereas in the Big Ten, it's actually better in the backcourt. But there are still some really good centers in the Big Ten. So if Austin Parks can step in and give some good minutes at the five, if Felix Akpara gets in foul trouble, if Jameson Battle or Scotty Middleton or Devin Royal or whoever else get in any kind of foul trouble or injuries or anything like that, he could step up and play as well. But definitely excited, the most excited for Scotty Middleton. That would be my pick as well. Uh, the other part of, of Will's question here was, is Roddy Gale going to be the X factor for this team? Honestly, I don't know how to def- how to define the term X factor. It seems like everyone defines it differently, but as it goes in your mind, would you see Roddy Gale being the X factor this year for Ohio State? Yeah, I, I don't. I think that Jamison Battle is going to be the biggest thing that could take this team from a tournament bubble team to like a third place in the Big Ten. Um, I think I think Roddy is going to definitely step up his game this year. I think people might need to cool it a little bit on their expectations um, because he was so good at the end of the season. But um, the statistic that's been floating around about Roddy was like, I think 42% of his points that he scored last season came in his last six games, um, which shows that that's probably not sustainable. I think that Roddy probably jumps from like a four. I don't remember what he averaged last season, probably somewhere around four points a game, maybe five. He probably jumps to like maybe 10 or 11 this year, which I think would be a really good jump. Um, but I think Jamison Battle is the guy that could take this team to the next level. Um, two years ago at Minnesota, I don't know how much Minnesota basketball you've watched the last two years. Hopefully, if you care about your own mental health and well-being, it's not been too much Minnesota basketball. But um, he probably deserved to be first team all Big Ten two years ago. Like yeah. he was, he, I, I pulled his stats up just in case we talked about him. Like two years ago, he was averaging 18 points a game, six rebounds, shooting 46% from the floor and 37% from three, throwing six rebounds a game, like for a horrible Minnesota team. Yeah. Um, if they can get, if Ohio State can get 14 points a game out of Jameson Battle, um, I think that's, that's massive. I think that'd be huge. That would be like, that would take them to the next level, I think. So that's my answer. I appreciate your Minnesota slander. Uh, I've said on the show that Ben Johnson probably couldn't motivate me to take out the trash or order a free <laughs> six inch sandwich on, on the subway app. Like I, I just, Ben Johnson, I, I can't, I don't know what it is about him, but I, I can't get behind him and very happy that Jamison battle is with Ohio state this year. And you said it like his numbers two years ago were really good last year. The three point percentage is one thing that concerned me it dipped. I I think he went from 37% to 31. If I remember off the top of my head or something similar to that, you're going to need to see him shoot the three. Well, Um, I looked up the definition of X factor in case you're curious, according to Google, it says a variable in a given situation that could have the most significant impact on the outcome. So is Roddy Gale going to have the most significant impact on Ohio state this year? I don't think so. I have been vocal about my support for Roddy Gale. He's my my pick for breakout player of the year this year for Ohio State. I think he could sneak on to um, an all-Big Ten team. 
but I think you're right. Like he's probably not going to do much more than 10, 12 points per game. When you're talking about X factor, the player that has the most impact on success, I think that it's Roddy Gale. I also think that the, 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 um, the argument can be made for Zed key. I think Zed key, there's so much that hinges on his play this season for Ohio state. Can he play the five? Can he play the four? Can he stretch the floor and be a stretch four for Ohio State? Can he rebound and defend and score in the low post like he did last season, dropping all this weight? I think a lot is going to depend on what he can do this season in this new look body that he's got. Can he hit some more threes consistently this year? That's a big question that I have where if he's able to do that, it takes a lot of pressure off the rest of the team. And if not, I think it makes the rotation pretty cut and dry. He's going to be a backup four. He probably can't play the five. And that's going to handcuff Ohio State a little bit. So I think that has potentially the greatest bearing on what Ohio State does. But the player who can take Ohio State above and beyond, I don't think it's Bruce Thornton. I don't think it's Roddy Gale. I don't think it's Zed Key, Felix Akpara. I think it is Jamison Battle. Even watching him against Dayton. I mean, he's got a beautiful shot. He made shots from the short corner, which I think is the hardest shot in basketball to hit. He he hit multiple of those jumpers. Chris Holtman obviously wanted him to get going offensively and encouraged him to shoot. So I'm excited for Jamison Battle for sure. Any other thoughts on that one, Connor? Yeah, I did pull up his stats um, because you mentioned his three-point percentage did take a tumble last year to 31%. I believe... I believe he had a back injury or something last season that he was playing through, which I'm not going to give anybody excuses. Like he was not shooting the ball well last year, even if he was hurt. However, his first three years in college was, I think there's enough of a track record there to say that if he's healthy, he's a good shooter. Like his first three years in college, his three point percentage is almost like the exact same. He went 36.6%, 35.5% and 36.6%. Each of his first three years, while taking basically six threes a game. Um, So I think there's enough of a track record there that it's reasonable to be concerned about his shooting since it tumbled last year. But um, I think there's enough of a track record there that um, he should bounce back as long as he's, he's healthy, but you're right. He looked really good against Dayton. I was, the students were behind me and after he hit his first one, the students learned that he was good. And then like his second three, as soon as it hit his hands, like a guy behind me, I heard him go, Oh shit. So every team needs an oh shit guy. And maybe it's Jameson Battle. Yeah. Uh, Just as a fun fact, I've actually, I've been a part of a team, not on the team, obviously, look at me, uh, but been uh, an assistant, you could say, on a team that played at Dayton. And that student section, man, is, is brutal. I mean, they... They will yell if if you are or if you are with the opposing team in any capacity, you are going to get insults hurled at you. So shout out Dayton student section. It's it's legit. Um, I've got a couple questions here in regards to Felix Akapara and Zed Key. So at Buckeye Fett asks, is this Felix Akapara's front court or do you see Zed outplaying him? He says he really wants to see Holtman give Felix the reins. Another question from Eric who asks. What's a realistic ceiling this season for the center position with Felix and Zed? So let's just kind of talk about Felix Akpara and Zed Key. Where do you see this team going? Seems like Felix Akpara is going to start, but how do you see that rotation filling out and things like that? 
I, th- I if I had to guess, I would guess that Felix plays something like 20, 25-ish minutes a game, 20 to 25, and Zed is closer to 20. Um, I don't see them playing at the same time basically at all this season, aside from like maybe these first few games against like these max schools where if it's out of hand, maybe they play Zed and Felix together because they're up by 25 and it doesn't matter. Um, I just, I just don't think Zed has the range or the foot speed, the mobility to guard like the perimeter to, to basically guard any position, but the five, um, I don't know if that sounds like harsh, but I just don't think it's an experiment that you're going to see much at all this season. I think it's going to be Felix and Zed, like 1A, 1B. Um, I wouldn't even say Batman and Robin because I think that they both have their their games at center are, are different. And I think they'll both play roughly 20 minutes with Felix probably playing a few more minutes. Um, and you'll, you'll see them coexist early in the season in the non-conference. And I think that'll stop probably in Big Ten play, if I had to guess. Yeah, that's the thing, especially when you get to to Big Ten play. You look at Michigan State. You look at the top two teams in the Big Ten. You've got Michigan State with Mati Sissoko. He's huge. You've got Zach Eady, who's a freaking giant. I don't know how you would be able to justify playing Felix Akpara with Zed Key, asking Zed Key to go guard the four, or even asking Zed Key to guard the five more than you ask that of Felix Akpara. I think if Zed Key, if if Zach Eady is in the game. Felix Akpara should be in there guarding Zach Eady. And, and if Akpara isn't in there, I think it should potentially be Austin Parks. You have to give him a look because they have got the bodies to be able to guard there. We'll see if Austin Parks can do it. It's a really tough transition, especially him coming from D3 or D4 basketball, wherever he was playing in Ohio in high school. It's going to be a tough transition, but you hope that he'll be able to guard there. I think, I, I think kind of like you said, it'll be, Felix Akpara starting. I think Zed Key comes off the bench. It's do you know was it his left shoulder or right shoulder that he injured? Um, I I'm trying to like because he wore that big nasty brace for like four or five games before he had surgery, and I feel like I feel like it was his right shoulder, but don't don't quote me on that. I think it was his right shoulder, but like he, he looks healthy. Like he looks healthy. Like he's recovered from that. It's just, he's so he's much slimmer now. Yeah. I, I only ask, I can't remember either, but if it was the right shoulder, when Zedke got hurt, he said, look, I can still work out my lower body. If it was his right shoulder that was hurt, he can't even get shots up. He, he can't shoot the three and try to improve his range when he's trying to rehab the left shoulder as well. So I, I just I feel like we haven't seen enough growth. Like one player who I love to give the example of is EJ Liddell, who we saw very, very clear growth from every single year he was at Ohio State. We haven't seen the leaps and bounds where, you know, EJ Liddell improved with his athleticism and his defense and shot blocking. Then he improved with his range. And then that mid-range shot from the elbow went down 99% of the time, it felt like his junior year. So with a player like Zed Key, I haven't seen the the growth that we saw with EJ Liddell, for example. So it's hard for me to imagine that that three-pointer is going to fall for him this year. With losing the weight as well, it's hard to be able to see him slotting in at the five. So it's a, it's a nice thought that we've had uh, during the offseason of can Zed Key and Felix Akpara coexist on the floor at the same time? I don't think it's going to be possible for Ohio State. 
No, I don't. I they you teased it, and fans like keep bringing it up as a topic. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, he's just not mobile enough to be running around guarding spots, in my opinion, like guarding spots other than the five. Um, but you know, he's got skills that Felix doesn't have. Like you just throw the ball down to Zed on the block and tell him, you know, give him two or three dribbles to work down there and then get that little over the shoulder hook shot. Like that's not something that Felix is a a different kind of center that you're not really going to lob the ball down to Felix and say like, all right, Felix, like go to work. Um, so, you know, Zed can do some things that Felix can't as well, but I don't think they're going to be coexisting. Yeah. And it's tough because as an Ohio State fan, you want to be able to root for Zed Key. I think hopefully the the truest of Buckeye fans who just want the team to be successful, you also want Zed Key to be successful. He's had such an up and down career at Ohio State, it feels like. So obviously you want him to do well, but it does feel like the weight is kind of shifting and this is going to be Felix Akpara starting and, and hopefully dominating at the five for Ohio State this season. So we'll see what happens there. A couple more questions to get to here. Got a question from at Brutus 98 underscore. Don't forget the underscore. He wants to know who is your personal favorite player? And if different, who are you especially rooting for on this Buckeye roster this season? I think that's a fun question. So Connor, what are your thoughts there? Um. As I get older and I'm like almost 10 years older than some of these guys on the roster now, um, I don't think I really have like a favorite player, especially since I'm there covering the games. I wouldn't say I have a favorite one favorite player. Um, but I do think there are some guys on this team that have like good stories and backgrounds that um, are, are fun to root for. And as if you're an Ohio state fan, like you should feel good rooting for them. Like a guy, you talked about Dale Bonner earlier. Cleveland kid. I think he went to Shaker Heights, mm-hmm. didn't get like any D one offers out of high school, ends up going to Juco, having to kind of grind it out at Fairmont state goes up to Baylor. And now he's coming back home to play in Ohio his last year of eligibility. Like you have to love a guy that like a, a lot of high schoolers can relate to that. Like to think that they're going to go play high major basketball. And then all they have is like D two and, but look where he ended up. Like there's more paths than one to get there. You know, Devin Royal is from Pickerington the pressure that was probably on him during his recruitment to be the hometown hero, to go to Ohio state so that everybody in Pickerington can root for him and cheer for him. And, you know, where he could have also chosen to go elsewhere and be like, I'm going to go blaze my own path and get rid of some of the, the the stress and pressure of going to Ohio state where he's, he chose Ohio state. Like I'm going to embrace the pressure and be the hometown kid. So like, there are just, there are a few guys in the team that have some cool stories that are, fun to root for those are just two of them but i wouldn't say that i have a i don't have a one favorite player yeah i think devin royal is a cool player obviously he played with sunny styles in high school as well in pickerington so that's a cool story there where you've got two young guys hopefully making an impact for ohio state both on the football field and on the basketball floor i think dale bonner is a guy for me who i'm excited like i'm not obviously i'm i'm not going to come out and, and pick a favorite either but There are players who I guess I'm more intrigued by this year. Dale Bonner is another player. I think you have to be excited about Jamison Battle. Super excited for Roddy Gale. Bruce Thornton is another player. The the fact at this point is, in my opinion, this is the most well-constructed roster from top to bottom that Chris Holtman has put together at Ohio State. I think that pretty much every gap is filled where you've got some players who can hit the three. You've got some players who can defend. Roddy Gale 
might potentially be on the best player, uh, offensive player on the floor this year. Um, you've got Evan Mahaffey who could, Scotty Middleton who could. You've got Bruce Thornton looking at his development. Dale Bonner right behind him who can sit down, slap the floor, play D, hit some threes, distribute. You've got a really strong front court. You've got Jameson Battle who can stretch out the floor. I mean, this is a really, really well put together roster that Chris Holtman has gone out and find. He got a bunch of transfers who played Division One high major college basketball as well. So just as a whole, I think this is going to be a fun roster to watch. What, what would you say to that, Connor? I've given this take before, but would you say this is the best roster in terms of balance and in terms of filling pretty much every need that you need and, and every role that you need that Chris Holtman's put together in, in his time at Ohio State? Um, I'm not sure, honestly. Like, I don't think I wasn't really prepared to answer that question because I'd have to yeah. sit back and think of some of the other rosters. I feel like maybe the team um, two or three years ago that had EJ and it also had Dwayne Washington and it also had Justice Suing. I think that I think offensively that was like an absolute a well-oiled machine, a monster. Um, I, I think this team potentially could be the deepest roster that he's had. Yeah. Um, where like, where like, like you're talking about, if you threw Tayson Chapman or Austin Parks in the game as like the ninth or 10th man, you're like, that's pretty darn good. I would like to see what all the other big 10 teams, ninth or 10th men are, how they stack up. Um, but I think it could be the deepest team. I think it's all going to come down to their, their team defense though, because Chris Holtman, the last four or five years has Ohio, regardless of who's been on the roster, who they picked up, who they lost. Chris Holtman's found a way to turn their offense into a top 25 offense, right? He could throw me at point guard, you at the two guard, and we would probably be Ken Palm number 27 in offense somehow. But um, like defensively, they've just been so bad. And, and he's been like assembling like the defensive like Avengers piece by piece. Like there's going to be very few times this year where you don't have at least like three above average defenders. Um on the floor. So even if this team can just raise up their defense from like the 100 and whatever the hell they were last year was bad, whatever they were last year to like, say, I think Ken Palm has been at like 46 this year. They probably pick up four or five, six wins. Just, just if they only get to like 46 in defense. So that's, that is the most important thing to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think their ability, it's been a focus. I mean, everyone has talked about it at the, at the Ohio State media days. Everyone was talking about how they need to be better defensively this season. So it's clearly a focus. They brought in some personnel changes. So excited to see what happens there. Last question that we're going to get to today comes from Ben Madden at underscore pure sharp underscore. He wants to know where do we think Ohio State is going to finish in the Big Ten and what are reasonable expectations? For the year, I already gave my pick on the last episode, the season's predictions show. So you can listen to that if you want to hear mine. Connor, what do you have for Ohio State's finish in the Big Ten and reasonable expectations? Um, so we actually did our like predict the standings of the Big Ten two weeks ago as well. I have Ohio State finishing fifth, um, which I think uh, you can look at it two different ways. If you're one of the more rabid Ohio State fans, it's, you know, fifth isn't good enough. Like, we should be competing for titles. But if you're a more rational fan, I think you can look at it and say to jump from 13th to fifth, I think, would be a pretty substantial jump. Um, if they are right there 
fighting for a double buy in the Big Ten tournament this season after finishing in 13th last year. Um, I don't know if it's for sure a Sweet 16 team, but I think this is a team that I would be shocked if they didn't make the tournament. I would be pretty surprised if they didn't win a game. And then from there on out, I think the tournament kind of comes down to matchups of who you get in the second round. Um, but I think Ohio State fans are going to get a tournament team this year. I think they're going to get a team that is going to be flirting with the top four in the Big Ten and that double buy all the way up until like the final week of the season. Did you have a Big Ten record prediction with them finishing fifth by chance? I didn't. We just ordered them. Um, we just kind of we just kind of listed first through fourteenth. Um, I would have to think about it, but um, yeah, I would have to think about it. I, I think I think their schedule is a lot more friendly this year, so yeah. um, it, I would I would have to think about how many wins. I don't pay for like the premium Ken Palm service, so I'm not sure. But usually Ken Palm has it like pegged out, like exactly how many wins they're predicting and stuff too. Um, maybe somewhere between like 11 and nine and 13 and seven, some, somewhere in the 11 to 13 win range, maybe. Yeah. So I actually had, I, I have them finishing fifth in the big 10 as well. And I believe I had their record prediction at 12 and eight. So I, if you did have a record prediction, I was curious to hear if it would be the same as mine, but yeah, we're both on the same page there. Um, I projected them to finish 20 and 11 good for seventh or for a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. And then, like you said, it depends on matchups there. I think this team can be good enough to be in the sweet 16, which is apparently the promised land that Ohio state basketball fans have got to get to this year in order for Chris Holtman to keep his job. I don't know if that's the case. I don't really necessarily think that it is. I think Holtman's got a longer leash than, than fans would like to admit, but I think this is a team that can definitely compete to go to the sweet 16 this year. I think they've got, like I said, they've got a really well put together roster. So it's hard to see this team missing the tournament. It's hard to see them not finishing at least in the top half of the big 10. So we'll see what happens there. Connor, any other thoughts on Ohio state basketball, anything you wanted to cover that we miss anything like that? Um, not, not really. Um, we were talking kind of before we started hitting record, um for our my podcast bucket heads that i do for lane grant we we're, we didn't do a full preview for the oakland game because we just don't have the patience to talk about oakland basketball for more than like three or four minutes but i i would say for that oakland game wouldn't be shocked if the first half is like actually a competition um oakland is not a horrendous team rocket watts former michigan state guard um now plays for oakland um, and Greg Campy, I don't know how much you know about Greg Campy from Oakland. He's been there for literally 40 years, one of the most winningest coaches uh, in all of college basketball. And Greg Campy's had like three months now to prepare for Ohio State. So um, it would blow my mind if if Greg Campy had months to prepare for Ohio State and then gets his you know socks rocked in the first half. I think Ohio State wins it easy, but first half, like if Ohio State's only up by like eight or ten points on Oakland, like don't don't panic. Yeah, and it could, I mean, it's going to be the first game of the year. It could also come down to the fact that the shot may be a little sleepy, hopefully not for the first game of the year. I've kind of made it a call to action for all Buckeye fans to pack the shot and be loud, especially for that Texas A&M game where I believe there's still a fair amount of tickets available. So hopefully you can get out to that game if you're able. But 
yeah, first game of the year, maybe a little sloppy to start. Obviously, we heard about the the scrimmage, the very super secret scrimmage where still everything gets leaked and Ohio State lost to Clemson pretty soundly. So we'll see what they look like here against Oakland. But Connor, appreciate having you on. Plug everything that you want to plug here before we hop off. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Lamons underscore Connor, L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor. Um, if you are interested in listening to me talk basketball throughout the season, myself and Justin Golba do a, a, bu- a, a podcast called Bucketheads for Land Grant. It's at Bucketheads LGPN on Twitter, which stands for Land Grant Podcast Network. And then uh, anything that I write, I'll, I'll also I'll tweet out from my account and from the Land Grant account this season. So um, if you're a, a casual hoops fan or if you're a diehard hoops fan, um, I think the Ohio State basketball uh, fan bubble, like it's a very niche fan base. You can tell which fans are like hardcore into basketball. And I think as the years go on, I think there's been more and more options for people to get the get the content they want to hear throughout the week about men's basketball and not just football so you know shout out to you as well for providing another outlet for that sect of uh, fans yeah that's exactly why we're here is there's a shortage of ohio state basketball content so this podcast obviously yours connor uh one of the only places to go for ohio state basketball exclusive content so um yeah we'll absolutely appreciate you being on today connor i'm sure we'll we'll catch you soon and make sure you follow him on twitter so you don't miss any content as he will be with the team a lot this year so appreciate you being on the show today connor thanks for having me appreciate it and uh good luck this season